Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. That's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, I think it's safe to say you're an influencer now. Do you know why you're an influencer? Uh, no, I I'm don't gonna know tell why you I'm why. an influencer. I'm going to tell you why, because that's how podcasts work. Yeah. You decided one night that you weren't going to go to bed, because that's what you do, and you instead were going to design a new logo for tipping pitches, because that's, that's right. also what you do. You you sacrifice sleep for the betterment of the podcast, and I'm very appreciative of that. So you design a new logo for tipping pitches. It looks great. I mean, if people haven't seen it, they need to go to our Twitter right now and retweet our last 10 tweets. That's the deal. It's a contract that you signed by listening to tipping pitches. Yeah, so true. I hope you've seen it because if you're listening to this podcast, it's actually right there on the screen in front of you. So look down at your phone right now and just <laughs> admire it, the work of art. <laughs> admire it. It's great. It's perfect. Yasiel Puig looking at bat. That's our brand. People know us for that. So you do that. And then the very next step is Derek Jeter saying, oh, Alex Baisley redesigned the best podcast on the internet's logo. I think we should have a new Miami Marlins jersey. The line is drawn. I'm drawing it straight from point A to point B. You can't deny this fact. You influenced a Derek Cheater. How do you feel about that? You know, it feels really good. Um, If he wants to pay me for it, it would probably (laughs) feel a lot better. But but Derek, it's it's nice to know that Derek Jeter is a loyal listener to Tipping Pitches. I mean, that's that's Bible now, you know? The thing that happened is he heard we flamed him. He came on and he was like, you know what? Harsh but true criticism. Uh, yeah, so these, uh, these new, new logo, new color scheme, new jerseys, it, so they, their old colors were like orange and blue and these, those, that color scheme was like, what, a few years old or something like that. Um, and I think when they first came out, like everyone was like, this is so ugly. What is this? Like just another example of the Marlins incompetence. So like, this is Jeter's attempt to I don't know, cha- change that? Like, mm-hmm. they, like indicate that it's like a new era or something like that. And so now they're back to like neon blue and there's kind of like a neon reddish pink in there. And they're, they're cool. They're, they're nice. It's, it's fine. I think the old uniforms were kind of panned for no reason. I think they were fine. I kind of liked yeah. them. Why not try something new, you know? Yeah. And and with these ones, they sort of like scaled it back a little bit. Like it still has that Miami flair, right? It has like the flamingo pink um and blue combination, which is like the Marlin fish, you know, harkening back to their their teal World Series days almost. Yeah, when they were the Florida Marlins. Yeah, shout out to that. Shout out to Dontrell Willis, my man's. Never looked any. No one has ever looked better in any uniform than Dontrell Willis in those old, terrible Florida Marlins uniforms. Absolutely. <laughs> but my biggest problem is that you can redesign the uniform every year, but if your test uniform that you put out into the world, you know, your best player, the guy that you're really putting up on a pedestal, is going to be Starlin Castro. I don't know, man. I just feel like the issue here is not the uniforms. 
this is not to shame Starlin Castro or anything like that. Like he's a solid utility infielder, but solid utility infielder is not congruous with star. And yeah. especially in I a mean, city like Miami, when you have a lot of other attractions and you have, you know, the Miami Heat are just down the road and they have much better uniforms. Shout out to their Miami Vice City uniforms this year. If you haven't seen those, we're just an, uh, an art design podcast now. We actually are. They're the same color scheme, though, which is cool. Without I mean, the gray, though, the gray is bad. The gray is bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the gray is bad. If you put it on black, I think, well, let's just let's go down this road then. The Miami Vice Heat ones. They have wet, they pop a lot more. Like there's more color to them yeah. rather than just like outlining the black writing. And I, I don't even, I don't even think the black writing is bad. I think that cursive is kind of nice on the Marlins uniform. I just think there needs to be more of that color to make it pop. Like you're in Miami, you got to be loud. But like Derek Jeter seems intent on sort of muting that loudness a little bit, right? Like he took the center, the center field structure down. From the yeah, ballpark. which I don't, I don't even think we talked about that on the podcast yet. But like no, the didn't. center field home run structure is a thing of the past now. Um, it's like official. I think the the news came out just a few days ago that it's it's officially gotten the boot, and that's really disappointing. And and you're right. It's like this isn't kind of another step in that same direction of of trying to create like a smoother overall appearance and and going back to. You know, they're essentially like red, white, and blue jerseys with like different flares. Uh, but but like the orange is something that so few other teams have, right? You have the New York Metropolitans. Great team. But great team, A plus team. But like more teams should employ, I guess, like abnormal color schemes, right? Don't Green forget and gold, the Orioles too. Great color scheme. Yeah, the Orioles. That's like too. their main. Yeah. Black and orange. Great color combination. Shout out to my alma mater, Pensbury High School. And your new favorite team, the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, my new favorite team, San Francisco Giants. Love them. Love that squad. I totally remember that they had orange and black in their uniform, and I totally <laughs> didn't think of the worst team in baseball, the Baltimore Orioles, before them. <laughs> We're not going to start every episode off by breaking down a uniform, so this is a treat, honestly. This is what we do best over here at Tipping Pitches. We are uniform yeah. designers. Um, if you didn't see that we now have new teams to root for, and you're like, I thought Bobby was a Mets fan. I thought Alex was an A's fan. Go back a couple episodes. We did a new thing this year where we're going to draft a second team to root for so that we expand the purview of the podcast. But anyway, Alex, let's get into it. We're going to talk about the Cy Young. But first, I'm Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. And you're listening to Tipping Pitches. baseball podcast that will spend 10 minutes at the top of the show talking about the one of the worst franchises new uniform redesign in November <laughs> because why not that's no that November content baby what else are we going to talk about well we could talk about my favorite player and favorite pitcher and favorite Mets since David Wright had a back and that's Jacob deGrom oh why is he in the news NL Cy Young Jacob deGrom we refer to him by his proper title these days now Alex he yeah, did it yeah. he won he ruined the pitcher's win stat he's killing baseball everything is done the wonks have won the war is over can you take me through what it means to now have someone who's not a gamer or a fighter or a scrapper or a true born winner what it means to have one of them win yeah. Cy Young why didn't he win 20 games huh remember when that used to be a thing remember when this arbitrary stat used to mean something to us and now we've just tossed it out the window 
it's uh, it's disgusting in my opinion. And and I, for one, stand with San Diego Union Tribune writer John Maffey, who was the only one who didn't vote for Jacob deGrom and uh, and decided to vote for Max Scherzer for some odd reason. Hold on. So only one guy didn't vote for him for the Cy Young. That's pretty yeah. That's pretty amazing. Honestly, yeah. he is the counter thinker that we need in our culture. <laughs> I think so he wrote a defense of this in a column for the San Diego Union Trib. Um shout out to local newspapers. But Alex, take the listeners to a spur of the moment uh bad take dramatic reading. Why don't you give us <laughs> the good parts of that article? Um so his argument and he does give Jacob deGrom some credit for, uh, for having a, a, a fantastic season, as he says. He says, obviously, a 1.70, 1.70 ERA over 217 innings is a fabulous accomplishment. But, but. It's always there. He had, he had 10 wins and nine losses. Ugh. And you know what? Frankly, he's right. You you just can't win the Cy Young with only 10 wins. Side note, oh my God, the Mets were so bad this year. He only had 10 wins? Yeah. Jesus, man. Uh, yeah, so, um, so he goes on and says, and acknowledges that the Mets were a bad club and he didn't get run support. So he does all these things. He says, yeah, the Mets were bad. He didn't get run support. Um, if they'd supported him, he could have been like 20 and 6 or 25 and 1 or something like that. And then he goes... But you know what they say about ifs and buts. The numbers are what they are. And after hours of consideration, I was swayed by Scherzer's 18 and 7 mark. Hours da, 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 da. of consideration. Do you think he was just sitting there for like four hours and he was like, hmm. <laughs> like he didn't think about it slowly over time. He just like, he told everyone, I'm going to decide when I decide, damn it. And he yeah. sat there for just five hours just staring at a screen being like, hmm. Yeah. It was literally, it was just, it was literally just an Excel spreadsheet with two boxes filled and one said 10 and nine and the other said 18 and seven. And he just kept looking back and forth, left and right, left and right until he's finally, after it's like, you know, three in the morning and his wife has long gone to bed and said, screw you, I'm not waiting up for you. He's like, okay, I think I've made my decision now. Honestly, you know, this is a bad take, dramatic reading because it's a bad take, but it's not like our usual bad takes where... You know, there are a fair share of like mic drop single sentence paragraphs, but that's just the way the internet writing works these days. Honestly, I'm kind of having fun reading this article. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I was asked to join Steve Summers of WFAN, shout out to Mike Francesa, in New York on Wednesday evening. He opened by asking if I could look at myself in the mirror. Wow. Powerful questions. He's asking the hard hitting questions from Steve Summers of the fan. The answer was yes, but I still don't look like Brad Pitt. Did your man study creative writing in college or what? He didn't mention the part where he just hung up on him after this. He said, <laughs> this interview's done, goodbye, and hung up. <laughs> the next question was actually a statement saying I voted for Scherzer to get my 15 minutes of fame. Honestly, are you kidding? End of interview. <laughs> wow. This is great. Oh, man. Jacob deGrom is just having people in San Diego meltdown. I, I appreciate that this is like a throwback to older, like simpler times, you know, like this is just some OG bad takes right here. And, you know, John Maffey, round of applause for this. Shout out to you, John. Um, let's just say real quick, our official stance is this was a great job by the voters. Shout out to them. They did something good, but they didn't go far enough because DeGrom should have won MVP. I'm going to yeah. plug another old episode of ours where I made the DeGrom MVP case. I don't even remember what the title was. We'll put it in the description or something. Uh, 
that was that was my best analytical hashtag analysis moment that I've had on this podcast. Yeah. Um, do you want to move over to the AL? Our Let's boy, do it. Our boy Blake Snell, who seems like he was seems like his name was simulated in year thirty of an MLB The Show dynasty. That doesn't sound like a real person, but it is. And he had a very good year. Uh, but people were, as they tend to be, mad online that Justin Verlander didn't win it. And one of those people was Justin Verlander's wife, <laughs> Kate Upton, who says that she won't be attending Tampa Bay games anymore and won't be visiting the city <laughs> of Tampa Bay. Alex, did she stick it to the people or what? She did stick it to the people. I loved that tweet. I love Kate Upton because she is a she's a legit fan, man. Like she is out there caping for Justin Verlander every day. And frankly, we should we should all hop on board that train because Justin Verlander is an, an incredible person, incredible pitcher. But you know, he just he just fell short of that ERA mark, man. You can't beat ERA in 2018. That's so true. I love Kate Upton for that same reason too. I just want to point out this might be the only podcast about baseball or about anything really hosted by two white men who love Kate Upton for being a baseball fan and not for other more sinister reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're so right. (laughs) Okay, so there's been a lot of fear-mongering and a lot of hand-wringing about the future of baseball, the future of the game because of the length of games. Obviously, all the things we always talk about, right? Uh, All these relief pitchers, all these pitching changes, all this bullshit. And the Cy Young was not immune from this type of criticism. Uh, DeGrom winning with 10 wins and having a losing record and Snell winning based off an analytical case and not giving it to the the big game pitcher, the big name guy in Justin Verlander on the better team has led to a lot of fear mongering about how baseball's on its way out, right? Like we don't, it's losing its way. Do you want to hear how much money losing your way gets you these days? Tell me. A $5.1 billion seven-year TV deal, which is a 50% increase from the last TV deal. That's from Fox Sports, who bought MLB rights for the next seven years. That seems significant. What do you think? I think I'm immediately going to Twitter and talking about how I'm also losing my way and (laughs) need help. (laughs) That's so much money. What, like... (laughs) I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm it's losing like, my way over here. I'm also losing my way. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Anyone who thought that like baseball is in the decline, I saw I saw some headline the other day that mentioned something about the death of baseball, and I was like, this is what, baseball's not just gonna like vanish. Like strikeouts are going to go up and all of a sudden it just disappears into a black hole. Like this yeah. is a massively large entertainment complex and they're not just going to let it die out. It's going to be fine. Baseball is entirely too multifaceted, right? It's like it has its, it spans like too far for me to believe that it's ever just going to vanish or change as we know it. Like every single market, and we've talked about this a million times before, so I'm sorry to the people who listen to us regularly but every single market has its local deals and every single market has a rabid fan base who clearly you know to build to build James's point will love the team no matter what and to quote one of my ringer coworkers who said in slack Mallory Rubin she said the thing about baseball is that it's on all the time 162 yep. games of the year it's on and that's a very astute point that I think we sometimes forget because 
you look at, you know, game to game, and maybe not a lot of people are talking about individual baseball games throughout the year, like they talk about individual NBA games because LeBron dunked on someone to win the game or some shit like that. But baseball happens 162 games a year for every team in every market. And whether you have 100,000 unique viewers that watch every game or you have people who are cycling in and out, you're still getting, you're filling that airtime and there are commercials in that airtime. Thus, this equals apparently $5.1 billion. I'm waiting for the day that someone writes that check for tipping pitches. It's coming soon. I feel it. It's on the horizon. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. Once we get to episode 69, it's all uphill from there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So our takeaway so far, Marlon's uniform change, not bad, but not necessary. Um, Jacob deGrom, Blake Snell have ruined Major League Baseball. And yeah. having your sport ruined gets you north of $5 billion, which is a comical amount of money. Um, yeah. The next comical amount of money that we'll probably talk about this offseason is either Bryce Harper or Manny Machado's contract. But we're not going to be the podcast that's like, Bryce Harper should get $400 million. Counterpoint, he shouldn't. We're going to be the podcast that <laughs> fully breaks down <laughs> the perm that was on Bryce Harper's head. If you're listening and you haven't seen it right now, I need you to pause. I need you to go to the Tipping Pitches Twitter account and I need you to look for the Bryce Harper perm. It's in our recent tweets. Unless you're driving, don't do that. Alex, next time I see you, I need you to have this hairstyle. I absolutely will. It. <laughs> I just pulled it up right now and oh my God. I Only he, only he could do this. It especially it looks especially funny with like the like lumberjack beard that he's rocking. He's got uh-huh. the full facial hair and then just a beautiful mop of hair that's like kind of falling into his eyes. I yeah, it's it's very on brand. I support like everything about this picture. Okay, everything in the background. There's like like a merch table. What is that? I don't know. Him and his wife look. They look so happy together. His wife is like always posting on Instagram. I follow her too. I follow them both because this is what I do with my life. His wife is always posting like fun photos of stuff that they're doing in the off season. Like he plays the game with such fun. He lives the off season with such fun. I'm like, y'all are hating on Bryce for (laughs) nothing. Y'all are haters if you don't enjoy this content. Um, This is not a visual medium, so we won't spend a bunch of time breaking it down. Um, wait, wait, real quick. Okay, so I was curious. You mentioned the merch table in the back, and I I zoomed in and I saw that the the pennant that's hanging there uh, says "Stay Handsome." So I googled "Stay Handsome" to see what came up. So apparently, the place that Bryce Harper gets his haircut is right here in New York City. It's called Blind Barber, and when you go to blindbarber.com, the first thing that comes up is a picture of Bryce Harper with them advertising the Bryce Harper collection. <laughs> what? Wait, so shout out to you is... for doing real research for the podcast. You're a fucking <laughs> professional. <laughs> like, he's like a, an actual spokesperson for this um, haircut shop. And it... You can like see all his, you know, like recommended uh, like amenities, like all the or all the things that he uh, treats himself with, like the like the sea salt spray and the pomade wow. that he uses, and his daily wow. face moisturizer. He uses watermint, wow, watermint gin daily face face moisturizer. 
Oh my god, this is literally a whole new world. Where, <laughs> wait, can I ask you, where is the barbershop? Um, please say Williamsburg, please say Williamsburg, please say Williamsburg. Mm, it looks like they closed their Brooklyn location, but they are located in on a on East 10th Street. So maybe I'll have to drop by there. They, you don't, they actually they actually did have a location in Williamsburg. Yes. <laughs> if you don't go, I'm gonna be mad at you for a year. Calendar I know, year. I, yeah. You have to go. Get your get a Bryce Harper haircut. You I'm gonna, have to I'm gonna walk podcast. I'm gonna walk in and be like, give me the Bryce, please. They'll be like, which one? I'm I guess, on their website oh, right now. He's like the header image. You get yeah, you get one free drink with every haircut. This oh is my. so this is like a, a place where you go. This is I do not want to know how much this place costs. This barbershop is like the barbershop version of Bryce Harper. Like if you took a barbershop <laughs> and made it into a human, it would be Bryce Harper. <laughs> incredible stuff from uh, our man is, Bryce. I want to buy they have the the Bryce Harper collection set for like that you can buy for 60 bucks. So I think what I'm going to do with our radio public funds is I'm going to buy the Bryce Harper collection set and treat my give myself the Bryce Harper treatment for like a month and just see how I feel on like the other end. Like can I hit a baseball 500 feet now that I've used <laughs> his water mint gin face wash? If you think I'm not getting you this for Christmas, you don't know me at all. And I'm I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> wow. This has made my day. Yeah. Honestly, this made my day too. It almost makes me not even want to talk about the second thing on the rundown that I had about Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's just foray into that briefly. Um, humans, they have duality. Alex, they can be multiple things at multiple times. And while Bryce is an icon in some respects, we think he's maybe less than ideal in other respects. And one of those ways is that he was asked on Twitter in a Q&A who his favorite basketball player of all time is. And he quote tweeted it and said, Kobe Bryant, Mamba <laughs> mentality. Yeah. It's just like the definition of the phrase. I guess, so like I said, Bryce is like a barbershop come to life in a human. He's also the phrase, your fave is problematic come to human <laughs> or come to life in a human. Bryce, my man, clean the act up. Come on. Come to Team LeBron or Team Steph. Now, if I'm baseball Twitter, what I do is I take this tweet and I write 500 words about how does this mean that the Los Angeles Dodgers are signing Bryce Harper? Because Kobe Bryant played for a Los Angeles team. So you see what I did there? I'm like Whoa. making connections left and right. You got like a this could be, working this in could your be it. He's, he's tipping his cards here. Tipping his cards, just like we're tipping our pitches. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about other baseball players who have barbershops that they endorse. We didn't have enough foresight to queue up Yelp reviews of Bryce Harper's, of the Bryce Harper endorsed blind barber barbershop in New York City. Wow, that was so many B's. I mean, that's, the B is a letter that's in my name and I can't even say it that many times. So we didn't do that. Instead, we're going to pull online reviews for other things. This was a segment born from Alex being way too online. Yeah. And what we're going to do right now is <laughs> Alex figured out that there are real glass door reviews of MLB baseball franchises. <laughs> so if you don't know, Glassdoor is a website online where you can go to see, you know, like starting salaries for different jobs at companies. 
um, reviews by former employers, um, and you can see the rating of the company for X number of reasons. It's a semi-useful tool for people who are trying to find jobs. Um, but I don't really know if I see the correlation between that and <laughs> Major League Baseball. But <laughs> we're going to find out what some former players or former employees of teams have to say about those teams. So Alex was diligent enough to go through and queue up some of the best ones that he found. Um, you're really carrying the pod this week, buddy. You're really, you got all <laughs> of the research on deck. You got the fun facts to throw out at me. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what, what do we got? What's on the agenda? Yeah, so baseball players, they're just like us. I think it's incredibly, I guess, wholesome that former baseball players, most of these minor leaguers, actually go on to Glassdoor and leave a review about the organization that they play in or just got done playing in. And I tell you, I went through every single organization's Glassdoor page and reading hundreds of reviews to to find the the best ones by by players and non-players alike. So uh so I want to read you I mean just looking at like the ones by players they're all pretty similar sentiments in that they say um I got to you know play my dream for a job, right? Like I got to be, play baseball and I'm living the dream and and you get to go around the country and it's so much fun. Um, those are the pros. And then the cons are like, I, you know, I don't get paid a living wage. You're on the road for six months of the year. The long Small bus drives, long bus drives suck. Um, Solid trade off in life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And why have money being, when you can have a life experience? Yeah, of course. Um, and most of them are like five star reviews. There were some interesting ones and I just want to read off a, a, a few of them. So the one of the the most <laughs> real straight up ones was this one star review for the uh, for the Seattle Mariners. The pros were it's a great chance to chase my dream. Cons, the compensation is pathetic and the lifestyle is difficult. One star review from a minor league baseball player. Yikes. Not good. Not good coming out of there. And I feel like it's a sentiment a lot of people would share. This was for the the Mariners? Yeah. E. Tough look. Tough yeah, look tough. in light of recent news. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my my first reaction to this, and this is like maybe a serious note to start out on for a segment of the pod that was meant to be kind of lighthearted, but that's kind of how our pod ends up being. Uh, if you're just listening now for the first time. All those people who are new listeners, shout out to you. All one of you, maybe, hopefully. I just am wondering what player thinks this is the outlet for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're trying to get the word out about how you're not getting paid enough money as a minor league baseball player. And your move is not to, like, go to a reporter or, like, tweet it out. And I guess, like, you know, you don't want to tweet it because, like, you want to still have a future in baseball or whatever. And I understand that, but to not like give an anonymous quote to a reporter or like go on Sports Center or something. Your move is to leave a review on Glassdoor. <laughs> <laughs> What's the audience for this? How many people saw this? A hundred? Yeah. Well, now that you're reading it out, hundreds of thousands will see it because we have such a big audience. But yeah, yeah. Who like who is that for? Are, are, do minor league baseball players? Is there like a whisper campaign for them to check everyone else's glass door? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's what my favorite thing about all of this. And you know, there are dozens and dozens of former players on on all teams who like left reviews talking about their experience in the organization. And I guess I kind of respect it because 
I don't know that my my first thought if I'm a minor league baseball player who like just got drafted by the Phillies is to like go and check their glass door to see how other players like playing for them. But I suppose you're just trying to like do your part as an employee under capitalism to be like, how did I like my boss? I I respect it. My boss was noted manager Scott Servais. Yeah. But I still didn't like him. <laughs> like what? It's crazy. All right. So what else do you have written down here, Alex? That was a negative one. Do you have any ones that were just like, just straight up hilarious? So here was an experience of a a former player in the New York Mets organization. So this guy- Great organization. Great, great organization. Five-star review. Great experience playing for the New York Mets organization. Okay. Starting strong. Pros, amazing experience with contacts and friends. Weird way to just put other players, like contacts. <laughs> okay. I was trying to network the whole time I was there. I was like, hey, yeah. what'd you guys study? What'd you guys study? What'd yeah. you guys study? G- what'd you get on your link- SAT? <laughs> Friending my catcher on LinkedIn. <laughs> so that was a pro, great pro. Cons, I got released. So that is a definite oh! con. <laughs> Cons, they fired me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's tough. Got him. I enjoyed this review by the this Chicago White Sox player who wrote like a few paragraphs worth of things very eloquently. He said, being a professional in any field is a challenge and rewarding. Sports and business have very strong parallels. And then he wrote about like doing what you like day in and day out and how sports pre- prepares you for real life situations and wow. all these traits prepare you for opportunities and success in the business world. Oh, and boy. I, this was, I was, I just, I just kind of respect how much time and effort you put into this. Cause most people write like one line and they're like, it was fun. I like baseball. It was a good job. But this mm-hmm. guy was like, no, I want to let them know how I feel about this. So that sounds like NYU hockey coach Chris Cosentino. <laughs> yeah, right. Shout out to the deep cut listeners from New York University. <laughs> all zero of you. All me listening to this in my car to make sure I didn't make any editing mistakes. <laughs> um, in, a, in my former life as a boots on the ground reporter, you know how I was hitting every corner, yeah. pounding the pavement. I wrote some articles about the NYU hockey team and how the coach was like, I think playing on a sports team is just as good as getting a Harvard education. So it's I'm glad to see that he's not the only one who feels that way. Um, okay, so so those were those were some uh, some baseball players who left Glassdoor reviews. The the better ones, honestly, are the non baseball players. So I just have and I have three of those that I want to read off real quick. Sound good? Okay, rapid fire. Hit me. Hit you with it. All right, first one is for the Tampa Bay Rays. One star. Uh, I worked at the Tampa Bay Rays full time. Pros. It's MLB. At least it's not the O's. Yikes. <laughs> Roast them. Uncalled for a shot. Cons. Terrible pay and less vacation to new employees than the managers at Wawa. Literally, look it up. I'm not even kidding. Wait, a Wawa shout out? <laughs> yeah, a Wawa. On a glass door review of who was this for? The Tampa Bay Rays. Oh my God. Well, so I. It makes a little more sense now. There are some Wawa's in Florida, so yeah, I understand the Wawa hashtag Wawa gang out here. Fuck yeah, I'm the president. Let's get it. All right, what's up next? Um, this is for <laughs> this is for the Boston Red Sox. Oh yes, four Boston. star review. 
four-star review, the, the headline is bullpens were awful. So this guy says, <laughs> this guy says, I worked at Boston Red Sox part-time, more than three years. <laughs> Pros. Wait, my favorite thing, sorry to cut you off. My favorite thing is that on Glassdoor, you, you say like, I worked at, and then com- the company is like kind of auto-filled in, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, I, I worked so. at Boston Red Sox, which yeah. is like not the company. <laughs> I like, I, that's not how you would talk. But <laughs> it makes it seem like it was a bot who wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> I worked at Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Um, so, so it ev- ev- evidently from this review, this person like worked in the bullpens or something like that. So pros, good view of right fielder. Uh, okay. If you like Best staring right at right fielders all day long. <laughs> Cons, the bullpens had no working toilets. I crapped myself and couldn't go in game. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. What? Oh my god. This feels like a bigger story that we need to dig into. I know, right? Are you telling me that the Red Sox are forcing their employees (laughs) to wear adult diapers and they can't go to the bathroom? Apparently. We just uncovered some serious, like, inhumanity. Yeah, I know. No, this is like some Archie Bradley shit, you know? (laughs) Literally. Literally shit, you know? (laughs) Wow. Poop humor on tipping pitches I never thought we would get here. I know, right? Yeah, there's an advice to management section, and under it, it just says toilets with three exclamation marks. So this is from a couple years ago, so I really hope their employees just haven't been, like, shitting themselves in right field all day long. Good God. Wow. Oh, oh man. man. That's right. some good stuff right there. Is that That was the last one? No, one more. I got one more for you. And this is the one that resonates with me the most. So this is for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, This person put down that they were a data monkey, whatever that means. Uh, The headline is great for beer. And they say they've been working at the Milwaukee Brewers full time for more than 10 years. Pros, good place to work for free beer. Cons, not enough free beer on Thursdays. He's just trying to get his Thirsty Thursday on, man. He's you know, Asher Roth. I know. I, I love to hear that, that the Brewers actually do that, too. That, that's like a thing that, that resonates with their own brand. They're like, we're going to give our employees free beer all the time. Yeah, that doesn't really work for any other team. They're just yeah. handing out like bird cages if you work yeah, for the Orioles. Like socks, like a bunch of... You're like, I have 18 pairs of red socks that they I don't, don't know what to anything. do with. They don't match Oh, this was fun. Alex, this is a good segment idea. I'm, yeah, we're patting that. ourselves on the back on the pod. Yeah. Deal with yeah. it. Just deal with it. It's fine. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, all right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, another dumb segment that we came up with because we took a little bit of a break last, you know, the last week and there was like two weeks between our last pod and the one that came out on Thursday. And we're releasing another one to get back on our weekend schedule. So forgive us. All right. We didn't have a ton of baseball content to talk about. So when we come back. A stupid segment born out of a Wikipedia deep dive. Yeah, we're back with a vengeance. I want to go to college for the rest of my life. Sip Bankers Club and drink Miller Lite. On Thirsty Thursday and Tuesday night ice. And now I can get pizza a dollar a slice. So fill up my cup. Let's get fucked up. I'm next on the table. Alex, our former editorial advisor, Rachel Holiday-Smith, formerly of the sadly defunct DNA info in New York and now of WNYC. Shout out to Rachel. She sent us a story in Twitter DMs, which is basically where we get all our stories anyway. But it was about the local AA affiliate of the San Diego Padres, the team from Amarillo. 
And the story was about them choosing a new name for their minor league team. And this is a bit of a phenomenon, right? Is that these minor league teams, they are trying to drum up interest. They're trying to drum up, you know, national news reporting on them. And so they changed their name to some crazy thing. Like there was that thing with the Montgomery Biscuits. Yeah. And then they ruined, they went and ruined it by trying to have millennial night and making fun of the people they were trying to attract. <laughs> um, so this has been like kind of a developing story. If you're like extremely on baseball Twitter, uh, which we are, and we've been following it and it's interesting. And maybe in the future, we'll try to have uh, somebody on to explain the thinking behind some of this stuff. Somebody from one of these teams, yeah. maybe it will even be the team from Amarillo who recently renamed their team to the Amarillo Sod Poodles. What the hell is a Sod Poodle? <laughs> what? I uh, I don't know, man. I think that like the problem is there are so many minor league teams, right? Like there are hundreds of minor league teams. Google told me 296. I don't know if that's true, but you know, I'm a journalist, so I just trust what Google tells me. Um, you have to like be creative to a certain point. And I imagine that so many of these names have gotten used up over the last few decades that you're just kind of throwing adjectives and words together, you know, like going through like random name generators. A, a sod poodle. I don't, if I Google that, what comes up? Just just the name. No, I already, so I just did that. I said, what is a sod poodle? Because I'm asking the tough questions to the old Google. And Urban Dictionary popped up, which is always a wild card. And it says, the name used for prairie dogs 100 years ago. A name loved by the Emerald community, but hated by a few clueless haters who fish for support. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's actually like a weirdly communal root in this. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, into it now. I, I dig it. And, you know, like like I mentioned before, the Montgomery Biscuits, they love biscuits in the South. Yeah. How about it? There's a loose <laughs> well, tie for everything. <laughs> that That's the thing. That's the thing about minor league team names, right? I mean, there are, there are so many, there are weird ones. The, um, the, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, like what? And I feel like with minor league team names, you either go in two directions. One is like they are just completely and totally random. Like they're like four words long and you have no idea what they mean and they're just out there in the field. Or they have some tie to like the community that they're based in, right? Like the like the Nashville sounds being based in Nashville, like the home of of music and like rock and roll. And so they incorporate stuff about like sound and music or or the Las Vegas 51s, your former minor league team, um, who are based in Las Las Vegas and incorporate aliens. And so yeah, I, I like it when they actually find some sort of root in like the city that they're in. Quick aside, what's your take on Area 51? This is something we've never talked about. You're my best, like we're best friends and we've talked about almost everything together yeah. on air or off air. Area 51, aliens. Conspiracy uh, theory that we haven't delved down despite the yeah. fact that several times while being out at bars, I've asked you what your favorite conspiracy theories in the world are. Yeah. Um, I think that Area 51, it's been proven that that was mostly in use for military test sites. And the conspiracy theorists spun that out of control. However, that's not to say that the U.S. government isn't investigating aliens, because they absolutely are. In fact, there was the report that came out last year that uh, former Senator Harry Reid mm, declassified yeah. about the, the alien um, investigations that have been going on. So, aliens do exist, and they're out there, and it is quite possible 
that we've been visited by them. But we just don't know yet. So what you're saying is you can jam with aliens, but Area 51 doesn't slap. Right, exactly. Yeah, Area 51 is, is, a, is a nice urban legend, but, um, but I think that they, I don't know, they've probably touched down in, in a, some random place, like the middle of Utah or something like that. I'm in, I'm in on this too. Okay, yeah. we're out of our side now, back in on the more important things. And those more important things are our favorite names of defunct minor league teams. Yes. Inspired by the fact that there's a lot of these weird names out there, and we thought it was a recent phenomenon, but it turns out it's not. Minor league teams have been pulling this. They've been going back to the well on this card for decades, uh, all the way back into the 1910s and 20s. Um, so you and I put together some, they started out as long lists and I told us that we needed to pair them down a little <laughs> bit. So they're shorter lists now of our favorite names that we saw on the Wikipedia page titled category defunct minor league baseball teams. <laughs> wow. We have way too much free time on our hands. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you start us off. All right. What do you got? We talk a lot on this show about how much we are under the thumb of late stage capitalism. So let's start it off with the Kearney capitalists. Capitalists wow. spelled with a K. Whoa. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that's uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That's questionable. Um, oh, maybe boy. Uh, my, 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 my theory is actually, it is not pro-capitalist, but, but anti-capitalist because Karl Marx's famous manifesto, Das Kapital, is also spelled with a K. So where perhaps else it's actually are you Im- getting this analysis? <laughs> <laughs> perhaps it's implicit support for uh, for leftist ideologies. You know? Yeah. See, that's where your brain went with it. My brain. I think the first explanation for this is that it's Kearney and it's spelled with a K, and yeah. that's why they spelled the K. That's why they put the K in capitalists. Yeah. Um, more troubling is that c- capitalism and. Uh, racism go hand in hand, and the letter K is important to many racists. That's yep. where my brain went, questionably. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I I like where you went with it, though. How about that? We had a honestly Kearney, Nebraska, in 1910 to 1914 was just a big old commune. That's what we're gonna go with. <laughs> <laughs> Revisionist history at its finest. Yep. Um. Well, this is great. Uh, there's a reason we host this podcast together, and it's because we enjoy similar things. And so that stuck out to you. And what stuck out to me was the Beaumont Millionaires. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? The Beaumont Millionaires sounds underwhelming to me in 2018. Million dollars? Who cares? We got that. We get that in a day over yeah. here at Tipping Pitches. We make that cash. But you have to remember these teams existed, you know, well back baseball. Is as old as time, which is why it's so ridiculous when people think that it's dying. So this was a team that existed between 1903 and 1906. So a million dollars at that time, you know, it's nothing to scoff at. They were they were first formed in 1903 as the Beaumont Oil Gushers. <laughs> Guess that one didn't quite roll off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Shout out to baseball for always being impressively capitalist <laughs> impressively it's like literally oil magnates just naming the team after the thing they do <laughs> it'd be like teams now being named like the uh the cleveland predatory loners <laughs> that's funny okay um i i have a suspicion that maybe we're moving on from capitalism with the next few names getting into more weird stuff so why don't you throw throw me something new 
How about we uh, we go all the way down to the W's with the Williamsport Demorest Bicycle Boys? <laughs> Man. Bicycle Boys? Yeah. 1896 to 1897. Central Pennsylvania. That's, a, that's right there in Williamsport. That's um, my hood, baby. Yeah. And the team's roster included famed Bicycle Boys, uh, Aussie Schreckengost. Sh- Sh- and and George Stovey. Oh, George Stovey, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah, no. He was he was really good. He had a long and storied career. Um, okay, let's let's do a thing. Let's try to guess how they came up with that name. Do you think A, the owners were a pair of brothers who had a bike shop and that people colloquially called them the Bicycle Boys. Hey, Bicycle Boys, what's up? <laughs> that's option A. <laughs> option B. They saw a kid riding a bicycle and they were like, oh, that looks cool and fun and Americana and that's what baseball is. So we're just going to be the bicycle boys. That is where my mind went. (laughs) (laughs) Option C, everyone on the team rode a bike while trying to run around the bases. I like that. More more baseball teams should embrace the nature of their name, you know? Like baseball team names are so abstract, but what if you, like all the Orioles players dressed up in like, Orioles mascots or something like that. Yeah, I would. Watch I'm into that. it. I would. I would watch that. I would watch. I would watch somebody trying to get Chris Sale to dress up as whatever the Boston Red Sox mascot. <laughs> <laughs> so you took us to Central Pennsylvania. So I'm going to keep us there geographically for all, all my right. PA heads who deeply know the geography of Pennsylvania. The Allentown Peanuts. Ooh, I I do like that. Um, Allentown is. The is like one of the biggest cities in Pennsylvania. People don't know this because it's just Philly and Pittsburgh and then a big drop off. But Allentown is where my sister went to college. So I got love for Allentown. So that factored into this decision. The other thing that factored into this decision is that it embraces the baseball spirit that we want, right? The peanuts, like it's fun. It's young. It's interesting. You could interpret it as peanuts. Like look at these young kids. You know, it's almost like a little league name. Um, or you could interpret peanuts as like you're cracking peanuts in the stands and you're just really enjoying yourself. You're at a casual Saturday afternoon baseball game. Um, I picked this one as like earnestly. I actually like this name. I didn't think it was ridiculous. I I would I would root for a baseball. I would root for an MLB team that had this name. That's why yeah. I picked this one. They yeah. existed from 1898. Oh wait. There are two Allentown Peanuts baseball teams. One of them oh. started in 1888 and one Flashers. of them started in 1898. Uh, how about that? Yeah, I, uh, I I really do like the Peanuts as a team name. And I think that that's like, I'm pretty sure that that is like one of the A's mascots, like their minor league mascot, either currently or formerly. I don't know. But yeah, it, it does. It has a very like, like kind of summery casual vibe. And it's, it's a little out there in left field, but, but not, I don't know. I don't like the ones that are just like middle of the road, you know, like don't give me a, a cat or a bird or something like that. Give me a food. We need more food themed baseball teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. What's your next? My last one. Save the best for last. Most inspired team name of them all. The Holyoke paperweights wow yeah what is that what who's excited about playing for that team yeah what is what is this <laughs> we're just holding it down till something better can happen yeah pretty <laughs> <laughs> clever nice nicely done <laughs> Um, yeah, this is they played in the now defunct Connecticut League from 1903 to 1911 from 1907 to 1911 
They were also known as the paper makers. So oh. they they weigh down paper, they they make paper. I mean, it's just the the whole paper business. I'm very curious if paper was big in Holyoke, Massachusetts in the early 20th century. Very Dunder Mifflin of them, huh? Yeah, yeah, right. And then they were really they were sticking to the brand. <laughs> They were ejected from the Connecticut League for failure to pay their debts. <laughs> <laughs> they should have tried being the the Beaumont millionaires. Yeah, right? Clearly, paperweights were not a good business to be in in the early 1900s. Which is weird because that's the only time that paperweights would be a good business. <laughs> Um, re- real quick, this is a this is a footnote on the Wikipedia page for them, and I want you to tell me what this means. So this this is from the Springfield Republican in 1906. Uh, the headline is Holyoke Bats and Winning Style, and this line is playing the brand of Hall, which won the pennant last season. Holyoke handed out a couple of lemons to the orators today by taking both games to a doubleheader. <laughs> the, they, that's like a different language. <laughs> well, it is a different language. They talk about this a lot on Effectively Wild about how ridiculous it sounds to read old, like old-timey news articles, baseball news articles. Yeah. I think hall is probably what, like slang for ball, like play ball. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Seems like we sort of devolved a little bit yeah. back to ball. I like hall. Play yeah, I hall. like hall too. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very like old-timey, you know? Yeah. Ah, we're just down here to play hall and hand a couple of lemons <laughs> over to, you know, uh, we got the double header and the umpires are here and we're selling beer and, uh... <laughs> you, need to, you need to play, like, really old-timey music behind that when you say that. <laughs> when you go back and edit it, like... <laughs> okay, last one. Um... I'm going to cheat on this one. Right. Actually, I have an honorable mention before I get into the last one. You said the wherever paper makers, where were they from? I don't want to, sl- I don't want to, uh, Holy hurt their feelings. Holyoke. Holyoke. Okay. There was also an Appleton paper makers team oh, and they, they were the second team that I noticed in trend. And that trend was weirdly specific craftsmen. Yeah. Naming your team after a thing that needs to be done in the town for the town to function. <laughs> Others in this vein, the Amsterdam rug makers, the Appleton oh. paper makers, like I mentioned, the Bassett furniture makers. That's just like, what kind of furniture are they making? <laughs> and that's all one word, be, furniture be makers. More, be more specific, you know, like chairs, futons. <laughs> For anyone out here who's aggregating this great content, furniture makers, one word. One word. Uh, Bessemer pipe makers. Ooh. And the Coffeeville, that's not a real place. Let's be, let's be <laughs> Coffeeville, that's like where you and I are on Sunday mornings. Coffeeville glass blowers. I like that one, actually. I kind of like that one, too. It rolls off the tongue. We could write yeah. like some fanfic about that squad. Well, um, one, of, one of the ones I, I wrote down that didn't make it make the final cut into my favorites was the Jacksonville tomato pickers. Just like out there picking tomatoes for the, for the town, you know? Yeah, I mean, you do need tomatoes. Yeah. Everyone needs tomatoes is the thing about that. So those were my honorable mentions. And the one that I want to finish on, because you and I we like to remain, like to keep the childlike spirit in this podcast. We like to uh, remember why the game was so fun when we were young. And the team from Braddock, Pennsylvania. Wow, Pennsylvania bias on my part. I didn't even realize this till now. <laughs> they decided to take that one step further and name their team the Infants. <laughs> what are you doing? Infants can't play baseball? 
how are you helping your team by naming them this? Yeah, that's that's not very intimidating to the other team. What is you're just gonna crawl around? <laughs> I'm just gonna flame. Yeah, what is them. what is your I'm mascot? Is it an is it an actual baby? Is it an adult in like baby garb who's just like crawling around saying like goo goo gaga to get the crowd all hyped up? Yeah, who's pumped about this? What what what, what were they doing back then? Okay, I don't know. We're gonna finish on this. The team produced several future major league players such as Odie Abbott, oh. Andy Bruckmiller, mm. Fred Hartman, uh-uh. Harvey. Cushman, oh. <laughs> nice. Cal Fassbender, that's nice. Michael Fassbender's great great grandfather. Yeah. Uh, Lee Viao, mm. and finally, most important name that we're going to say in this entire segment about names: time traveling wizard <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, cowards. Uh, we're infants, and they're beating us. Cowards, <laughs> beating up on infants. <laughs> no, this is this is wonderful. Thank you for bringing this into my life. They used to be called Prairie Dogs, but that won't work for Double A ball when it's the bottom of the ninth and the game is on the line. They are the sod poodles, sod poodles. That's right, they are the sod poodles. And when you come to our rough and rugged town. All right, Alex, this was one of the most fun episodes we've done in a really long time. I'm sorry if it goes a little long. I'm going to try to cut it down so it's not, you know, an hour and 20 minutes for you guys listening uh, in, the, in November. But this yeah. is where we really, we strive to thrive in the off season. Am I right? No, we've, and we've learned so much together. Stuff that neither you nor I knew coming into this podcast. Like that Bryce Harper officially sponsors a barbershop. And I'm going when I'm in New York next. We're going. We, we're going together. You take video of me posting on Tippet Pitches. Yes, exactly. We'll just go in there and do a recording straight from the the barbershop itself. I'll bring recording equipment. Uh, I'm so down. All right. Um, thank you all so much for listening. If you could check us out on Radio Public, we get a little bit of money every time you listen over there. Uh, and if you are for some reason keen on sticking with Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, rate review to make sure you're staying subscribed to the feed in the off season because we're going to do some fun stuff we say that every week and we continue to do these stupid segments but we will do some fun projects i swear um alex you got anything else for the now enlightened about defunct minor league baseball team people no i don't i think that's about it please uh our email is tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. Our Twitter DMs are also open. If you have other favorite defunct minor league teams or just a, a team name you think needs to be out there in the world that you came up with yourself, please send it our way because we will never tire of that. All right. We'll be back next weekend, post-Thanksgiving. Yes. Enjoy the holidays, y'all. Yeah, thanks, y'all. So if you're rooting for a team in that Texas league, make sure it's the one up in Yellow City. You might lose your ball cap in the southeastern wind, but them sod poodles, man, they sure know how to win. They are the sod poodles, sod poodles, that's right, they're called the sod poodles. Them sod poodles, they sure know how to win. What's that noise? That's also my radiator. It should stop in like 20 seconds. There it goes. Yeah, just a... That beat is sick. I'm going to make a beat out of that for the middle section of the pot. I think Hall was probably slander for ball? Baseball? Wait, they, slang, you mean? Yeah, yeah. What, what slander? Did I say slander? 